everybody, and welcome back to Relatably Weird. I'm Tiff. And I'm Kate. And what was supposed to be a short sabbatical kind of turned into a <laughs> 10 month, uh, I don't even know what to call it at this point. Life, life happens. Life happens, yes. Life happened in fast forward over the past 10 months, and so we apologize for not being around with little weird tidbits for you guys, but we are back now. This is going to be guess at this point this is going to be our season two yes we're just gonna one. skip ahead season two here so, we go yep season two here we go so not a lot has changed as far as what kate and i do um we love weird little facts and tidbits and conspiracy theories and so what we do every so often i won't, I won't even say every week because you know life happens we're Again. gonna try for every two weeks yeah we're though. gonna try for every two weeks so we, we each pick a topic and we don't tell each other in depth what our topic is. We just tell each other, hey, I'm going to talk about topic title, topic title, <laughs> um, because if you know us, those of you that do know us, you know that we would show up to record an episode with the same subject. I would be on Google desperately searching for something new. Yeah, exactly. So to prevent that. um. We do tell each other the title, but that's it. Like, we don't go into detail about it. So then we get together and we kind of give each other a little teaser, give you all a little teaser, and we decide who's going to go first. I guess it's our version of flipping a coin. Basically. <laughs> and then um, we talk about our, we both do talk, talk about our topic. So it's not like, oh, one gets nixed and thrown out. Um, and then we just enjoy a little bit of weirdness together. And then we wrap it up for the night yeah so i guess we'll get started kate what's your teaser for this week okay so i want to talk about surviving the apocalypse which is one of my least favorite <laughs> topics but i fell down a rabbit hole so deep i don't i don't even know i had to cut myself off interesting what's yours speaking of rabbit holes oh no uh, my topic is going to give you a sinking feeling that there's, oh, no. there's more under the earth than just dirt. I already have the creeps. I know. Listen, yours is like one of my phobias. I don't, it's not a phobia, but like, I've always been obsessed with like apocalyptic stuff. Like whenever I have nightmares, they're typically ap apocalyptic dreams, like into the earth, into the world, surviving it. So I'm curious to see. So we're what both, your topic is going to be. We're both kind of going down the death We are route. both going down some holes, rabbit holes. <laughs> we're, I would say so. <laughs> well, this isn't going to be good. You want to start off with, I, uh, let's just rip off the band-aid yes. and go with the apocalypse. Yes, let's go. Let's just go for the big one here. Okay, so we're talking about apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think the apocalypse is going to be like, like, what do you picture when somebody's talking about apocalypse? Um, basically desolate earth. Like it has either been like, I think, I guess in my mind, it's like scorched earth. Like there is, it's desolate. It's burned up. Like it's not viable. You can't live here long unless you have certain tools and skills. And so are you thinking like nuclear war or? divine intervention I don't, honestly i don't know like in my dreams it's literally just all of my apocalyptic type dreams 
it's typically like scorched earth right like desolate there's sometimes there's zombies like sometimes there's monsters can't do zombies um, in fact i had this reoccurring dream as a kid that we were in this post-apocalyptic world and so it was like desolate like, there was hardly anybody on earth and we were driving down this road like in the desert oh i, I don't know if it's desert it looked desert-ish and of course me being me had pee so we stop at this random warehouse and this guy, we go up to the cabin and say, hey, can we use your bathroom? He's like, yeah, hold on. And he pulls a bazooka out from behind the counter. Oh my God. Camera. And he's, he said, okay, follow me. Whenever we get back there, let me go in first. We're like, okay, this is oh weird, but we really have to pee. So we get back there and he goes in. And all of a sudden, like, as soon as he opens the door, these monsters start coming up out of the toilet. So that's kind of a glimpse into, like, my apocalyptic-type dreams. And But the important part in all of this is you see yourself surviving, oh, right? totally. Yeah. So, like, in our media nowadays, there's movies, there's games, there's just all TV shows that are centered around the apocalypse and surviving the apocalypse. Mm. so like it's in the media that we it consume is. every day and i know we've all well i say we all you've probably heard this term there are people who hardcore prep for doomsday and they're the doomsdayers or the preppers or the preppers like i think we have one down the road from us uh maybe allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. yeah so these people like go to extremes in like preparation for whatever's gonna come which and destroy I mean, the world. Which to a point that's kind of useful because you have things like the 2020 pandemic, yeah, where all of a sudden we couldn't go anywhere. They were fine because they had everything they needed, right? So it's not like it's a bad thing, but like make sure you have the right friends if you don't have the time to prep. Is all I'm saying oh, for sure. Like you got to know whose door you can go knock <laughs> on. But so even though it seems that. You know, we think of the doomsdayers as being just like this select few handful of people just scattered here and there. But the world has actually taken several steps to prepare for the end times in hopes that we will survive. So we're talking globally. Oh. We're talking countries getting together. Like not just the U.S. And getting their crap together and prepping for doomsday. Oh, that's. We're talking governments, not individual people. I don't know if that's comforting or disturbing. I know. That's where I fell down the rabbit hole because there is, there's one particular thing that I found that sparked this topic. Mm -hmm. But when I went to research it, I started finding all these other ways that the world has tried to prep for this, mm -hmm. which some of them I was like, oh yeah, I have heard of that, but I kind of pushed it out of my mind, yeah. didn't think about it. And I realized there, there's just like a ton of ways that the world has prepped for the apocalypse. Mm. So I just, okay. So here's a few that I thought were interesting. Okay. Have you ever heard of the doomsday clock? I have. Okay. Because like it changes, right? Like it's not like a consistent yes. countdown. It can, it can move fluctuate forward or it can move backwards, right? Yes. So okay. this isn't a literal clock. It is, of course, a metaphor. And it tells us how close we are to the end, which midnight is the end. The air end. quotes. Air quotes. And some of the factors that they use in determining like where the clock is at includes the nuclear risk and climate change. 
Okay, so we're at like 11.58 and oh. a half right now. <laughs> Actually, you're pretty daggone close. <laughs> like, you're pretty close. And the scary thing is... They've actually maintained this clock since 1947. This really? has been around for a hot minute. I didn't think it had been around that long. So this was like beginning of the Cold War. Okay. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And here's the other thing. They didn't start at like midnight or 1 a.m. Mm -hmm. They started at seven minutes until midnight. So we're not even getting a full oh clock gosh. here. I know. So, it, like you mentioned earlier, it does fluctuate a little, um, but currently, currently, we are sitting at one minute and 40 seconds to midnight. So, like, I was only off by, like, 15 seconds. Yeah, you were pretty dang close. And wow. the last time that it changed, which was to the minute and 40 seconds, was in, ironically, because you brought this up, January of 2020. Because that's whenever like pandemic was pandemic getting was ready really to start kind of ramping up. Yeah, it was just like a couple months before lockdown for us. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh huh. So that was the last because time I was coming back from the Philippines, and I remember people asking me, "Was I worried?" Because it was all like kind of starting to blow up all over the world. They're like, "Oh, mm -hmm. are you worried about traveling on a plane?" And I'm like, "No." Yeah. Little did I know. Yeah, so that was the last time that this clock changed. It hasn't changed since, but we're pretty dang close to midnight, so great. Do with that what you will. And then another thing that was really popular was shelters to live in. Yeah. Makes sense, right? You see that in the movies, these like underground shelters. Well, a few of these, there's a place called Site R, like capital letter R. I don't know. It can accommodate up to 3,000 people, oh. and it's rumored that what? it has a Starbucks. What? No. Because if you're going to survive the apocalypse, do it in style. Because, you know, we have to have our caffeine. Got to have that pumpkin spice. <laughs> oh, and so yes, basic. I've already had my pumpkin spice for the fall. I guess technically I had my pumpkin spice. I, I did have a dirty chai with pumpkin spice flavoring <laughs> in it. <laughs> Let's see. There's a place in Switzerland called the, I'm probably going to say the Villa Vals, Villa Vals. Um, and then there's also, there's one in Kansas. That close? Yes. Oh. They're multi-million dollar condos that were built inside of a decommissioned missile silo. Whoa. And it's called Raven's Ridge. That's, that's got to be expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I didn't get a count on, like, how many people those can hold. But, like, there's these places all over the world where, like, you can go and people hopefully survive. Yeah. Like, it's, you can live there for a couple months. They've got all their supplies, all that good stuff. Uh, the third kind of theme I found among the doomsday prep, mm -hmm. um, general storage. I'm not talking about for people. Um, these, this is for stuff. So Cheyenne Mountain is actually, it's a Colorado mountain. Mm -hmm. So deep down in this mountain, the Pentagon is actually moving communications equipment into this mountain for like military communications. Like they're actively doing this right yeah. now? It's, it's already been done? I think it's just like a slow process. Like as, I, I guess it's a little concerning. Oh, I think it's been ongoing. Oh, okay. 
I didn't get a date on this one, but it, it is, you know, the government storing the ability right. to communicate, to organize a military, which would make sense if there's, you know, chaos. Absolutely. So there's that. And then, okay, this one's so fun. It's called the Immortality Drive. Immortality Drive. Are we talking drive, like, driving across the country? Or are we talking about, like, like computer drive? Like, a computer drive. Is this where they're trying to, like, download people's brains? Okay, close. You're close. Hear me out. This is a, um, it's on the International Space Station, and it is a drive where they have stored the genetic codes oh. of, like, influential or famous people mm-hmm. and to, like, preserve our genetic mapping. So basically, we're going to bring a whole bunch of famous people back to life. Yeah, you want to he- hear some of the people that are stored on this drive? Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, shocker. Stephen Hawking. Of course. I mean, you can't have something this cool and not have Stephen Hawking in there. Oh, for sure. Uh, Stephen Colbert. Nice. Uh, game designer Richard Garriott. Sorry if I said that wrong. I'm not a gamer, so I don't know. There's the genetic code for a Playboy model up there. Of course there is. Joe Garcia. Of course there is. I don't, I just, I don't know. I guess if you're going to be miserable, you might as well have some hunks around. I don't know. Might as well. I don't. And there's some, there's some authors and, you know, other people like that. So just really interesting. And it's just floating around up on the International Space Station. Fascinating. Of course, other things that are being stored are like Important government documents, mm-hmm. um, really famous works of art. I think the Mona Lisa, not the Mona Lisa. What did they say? I was reading a list. There's like all these like infamous art pieces that are stored in these facilities. Um, and seeds. Seeds. Like plant in the ground seeds. I mean, it makes sense because like I said, in my, in my head, post-apocalyptic it's like the ground is like barren so like i mean you'd have to start over somehow right if everything's been destroyed like how do you start over you need somewhere to start so this is what got me on this topic Mm. so i stumbled across this article about the south sorry i knew i was gonna mess that up (laughs) south bard that's still wrong global seed vault oh Svalbard. There we go. Anyways, so this is a secure location. It's built 390 feet into the side of a mountain on Spitsbergen, which is the largest in a series of islands off the coast of Norway. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it has its own website, of course. And so I took um, just a little snippet out of their About Us tab or whatever and i want to read that to you so it was designed as a comprehensive storage facility that could protect the genetic diversity of humanity's food crops from the threat of a global catastrophe such as nuclear war and to safeguard genetic resources that could also be used to breed new varieties that are adapted to a changing climate or a novel plant disease so that's a direct quote from their website Wow. So it's not just for, like, end of world, but if we came into, like, 
an area in our climate where, you know, our climate changes so much, these plants are no longer growing. Right. We could modify these original seeds to survive. Oh, well, that's cool. Or if there's some random disease that suddenly kills off all our plants, okay, we can use our seed bank to make seeds that are immune to this disease. That is smart. Right. So it's really cool. Good idea. Kudos. But this vault. Well, no, it's not really a but. I just, I read this and I was like, oh, how cool a seed bank. One seed bank. No, there's more than that. Oh. I'm talking, there is around 1,700 seed banks globally. What? Yes. I mean, I guess it makes sense because I can't imagine one place being big enough to store yeah. like, a whole planet's worth of seeds and genetic research yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, like, this one just happened to be the one I stumbled across. And it looks really cool. I'll have to show you a picture later. I'll have to figure out how to get a picture to our uh, listeners because it looks really cool we'll from the outside. put it on our Instagram. Okay, we'll put it on our Instagram because it's really, it's actually yeah. kind of nice. Like, I know that's weird to talk about an apocalyptic place looking nice, but here we are. Um, So, this one is interesting because they chose the location due to the climate in the area, but also because of the lack of tectonic activity. Oh. There's not a lot of shifting up there, not a lot of tectonic movement, so, like, there's less risk of it being destroyed on accident. Yeah. Yeah, so, good choice. Um, And as far as the climate goes, it's so cold that if... There's like a permafrost, mm-hmm. and the weather's cold enough that if the cooling systems within the vault were to fail, it would still be kept cool by the climate. Smart. So, I mean, talk about preparing. Right. Um, so that's why they picked the place. Now, this kind of surprised me. I'm not sure why. It only took two years to build. That's it? Yeah, and it wasn't even like a full two years. They started in June of... 2006 and i think they were like depositing seeds by january of 2008 oh wow so it was really quick um and it was endorsed by more than a hundred countries that's that's really impressive to see that many countries coming together yeah to support something like that and even though it was endorsed by over a hundred countries the norwegian government Funded the entire thing. Wow. Like, just by themselves. And the cost, of course, this is back in 2008. We understand inflation and all that good stuff. Right. All that jazz. But the cost equivalent in U.S. dollars was $8.8 million. Wow. Two years. And they funded it all. We can't even get our main road in town fixed. (laughs) Like, right. It's taken forever. But, um, so as far as, like, the construction goes, uh, think of it like, have you ever been into your local bank and they've got a vault room oh, with yeah. lock boxes? Well, that's immediately what I thought of whenever you said seed bank was this yes. big vault with all these little boxes and they're all going to be labeled and you could just go out and be like, okay, I'm going to pull up this one for potatoes. Well, yeah, and, like, each... 
it's hard to explain. You'll have to go on their website and read through it. They they do a much better job of explaining. But like each box has like its own owner, <laughs> and then the seeds are inside, and it's like this alum airtight aluminum baggie. I'm gonna call it. That's a horrible description, but that's what we're going with. And each baggie can hold about 500 seeds. Oh wow! Yeah, and so it it kind of looks like a lockbox in a bank. Hmm. And to protect all of this, of course, you know it's it's already inside a mountain, right? But it's also with um, it's got a one meter thick wall all the way around it that is steel reinforced concrete. Wow. So, I mean, this sucker is, and there's, like, insane security measures, as you can imagine. Oh, I'm sure. They'd have to be. So. You're talking about preserving and saving what could be potentially the future of the Earth, like. Right? Ugh. So, we're going to play a little game. <laughs> very, very brief game. Guess how many it can hold. How many seeds? Samples. Seed samples, not necessarily like seeds, but seed samples. But like, like individual. Yeah, not individual seeds, seeds but, but seed tiny. samples. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go big. 1.8 billion. Okay, that's way big. <laughs> go big or go home. Well, okay. This individual seed bank has the potential to hold 4.5 million seed samples. That's still a big number. That's still a big number. And as of 2020, there are 1,000, I'm sorry, 1,074,533 samples. So we still got room. We still got room. And so seeds were deposited starting in 2008 there was not a withdrawal from the seed bank until 2015 and this was during the syrian civil war really yes now Does i it say what they withdrew i'm curious i don't know i know it had something to do um from what i got i did i was trying to rein myself in at this point because i was just going down the rabbit hole but i think <laughs> With the land and everything going on, there was, like, drought and things wouldn't grow. and uh, So, I'm not sure what they withdrew. I did not go down that rabbit hole. I also did not look to see if there's been any other withdrawals from this bank. But right. we know it's possible. Right. It's been used. And, okay, to wrap this all up, this is what I thought was really cool. This is not a new idea. This is not modern in any way, shape, or form. Okay. And I'm going to butcher some of these names, so forgive me in advance, but... That's what we do on our podcast. I know. We try. We do try. I Google pronounce so much before these episodes. It's sad. So, in Zoroastrian mythology, Ahura Mazda instructed Yima, Yima, a legendary king of ancient Persia, to build an underground structure called Avara to store two seeds from every kind of plant in the known world. These seeds were to come from plant specimens that were free of defects, and the structure itself had to withstand a 300-year apocalyptic winter. Ooh. So, this goes way back. This is sounding like the plant version of Noah's Ark. Exactly! That's I was imagining, like, two by two marching right. on the ship. You know, whatever. And some scholars also suggest that there's a Norse equivalent 
of this myth, um, there's an un- in this myth there's an underground garden, um, which was intended to withstand a three-year thimble winter, um, and this was to protect people and seemingly the plants so that they would you know repopulate it or that they would repopulate the world after this event. So they're hmm. some underground garden. There was going to be a horrible winter. Then they were going to bring all these seeds up and repopulate the earth. So kind of the same, like, same concept. I mean, this is not a modern idea. Somebody's like, hey, you know what we should do, guys? Like, this has been around for a while. Right. So this is really, like, interesting that there are these old mythology, you know, uh, roots for this apocalyptic world. Right. You know, building on the history, building on our mythologies. Like, it's just all, it was so fascinating to me. As humans, our whole, I don't know, I guess, purpose is to survive. Yes. To pass it on to the next generation. Yes. And we're aware that there's all of these things that could go wrong. And so you have to have some kind of plan in place, some, some plan to preserve life. Yes. And I I specifically had that in my little wrap up notes here. Like we as humans are painfully aware of our mortality. We're aware of our death and how quickly it can happen. And yet throughout the history of the world, we have been so gosh dang determined to outdo the universe, to outdo whatever you believe in. And we're going to survive. Right. Like, I don't know if it's our audacity. I don't know if it's that fight or flight response. I think it's just that internal instinct to survive. Yeah. Like, doesn't mean you can take all the way back. I mean, way, like, primitive times. Like, if you yeah. want to go back to, like, cavemen. Right. You know, they had to do what they had to do to survive. Yeah. And I think it's just, it, like, it's just so ingrained in us. And I think it's very fascinating to see. Um, the steps that the world has taken, like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, the apocalypse is going to happen, but it's fine. It's Some fine. of us will survive. We'll repopulate. <laughs> we'll have a bunch of Stephen Hawking's rolling around the world again. It'll be fine. I mean, hopefully by then they could, like, you know, fix the genetics and get rid of, you know, his, the disease that... Right. What disease? Whatever. They would fix his DNA yeah. so that he would not end up in a wheelchair and talking through a computer. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just fascinating the steps we're willing to take to like stick it to death and yes. win the apocalypse. So yeah. Have fun dreaming about that tonight. <laughs> I probably will because that's a very common theme in my dreams. Oh, same. Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of hoping that you're going to bring it back up, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Bring what back up? <laughs> the mood? I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess mine's not as much, I guess, death as yours. Doom and destruction? Not a lot of doom and Well, okay, maybe some destruction. Oh, Lord. It depends on your perspective on this. So, I, I settled on this topic when I came across this picture. Um, it was on NPR. Of this hole in the ground. Oh no, I hate this. And it was like the most perfectly round hole. And what it was, it it was this mysterious sinkhole that opened somewhere. It's really recent, like back at the end of July, 1st of August. These freak me out so bad. (laughs) 
yeah, it's almost as bad as thasylophobia. But, um, so this just opened up in Chile. Okay. And it's estimated right now to be about 105 feet wide. Lord mercy. And 656 feet deep. Oh, no. <laughs> Big no. So that's about as long as a basketball court. And about as tall as nearly a 50-story building. Heck no, I'm out. I'm out. Just just opened up. Just, you know, poof, there's a hole in the ground. And we're <laughs> not talking like a little rabbit hole. Like Alice in Wonderland. It, it It's a big hole. Okay. I just the Mondayest of Mondays. <laughs> right. Um, And they're not sure what caused it. Of course not. I mean, we know, we understand the scientific reason behind sinkholes, but they're not sure exactly what triggered this one to open. Because sometimes there's a trigger, like an earthquake or a flood or... Question. You Answer. said it was perfectly round, like like a perfect cylinder? The picture that I saw, it looked perfectly round. Okay, see, these scare me even more because that feels so unnatural. It looked like somebody had hole-punched the ground. Yeah, see, that's just not right. And that's what kind of got me going down a rabbit hole, pun intended, with this topic. Okay? Because I mean, it was just so perfectly round. It, it just... It, okay, and we we grew up around... <laughs> Or close yes. to Mammoth Cave National Park, which is one of the longest known cave systems right. in the world. I mean, Mammoth Cave is huge. Like, I kind of forget sometimes that we live so oh, close same. to such a huge cavern. Well, it's one of those, like, we went there on school field trips growing up. So it's, it's just, just normal oh, thing. it's Mammoth Cave. Like, mm. you know, I. Not a big deal. I was just going to say, you know, my goal is to travel to every national park. So when yes. I was going through and purchasing my tokens, I was like, oh, that's Mammoth Cave is a national park. Yep. Like, we don't think of it, but it is huge and it impressive. Is. And yeah. Well, in living so close to Mammoth Cave, we're no stranger to sinkholes. Mm -mm. Like, it, that's kind of a normal thing around here. Maybe not on the scale of the one that opened up in Chile. But I can immediately think of two within our neighborhood. I was going to say, you probably, you probably remember the one just up the road, less than a mile from our house that we grew up in. Yes. In a field. Yes. That, um, I don't remember ever seeing it myself other than from the road. Um, but it, it was used locally for dumping. Like people would just right. dump random stuff down in this hole. Which please don't ever do. Yeah, please don't. Um, and, Disclaimer. And like, I remember them talking about they had tried to fill it in a couple of times and it yeah. just kept like caving in. And at one point, I swear there was a rumor that there was a small plane. Okay, I was going to say it, but I thought I was dreaming. <laughs> well, whenever I was... I was like, it's the one with the plane, right? Yes. Yeah. And so that's the one I think of closest to us whenever I think about the sinkholes. Well, there was one in our Papal's field next to their house. Oh, It yeah. wasn't... It's not big, but... I do. Yeah, you're right. There was. And that's just, you could walk there in mm -hmm. two minutes, maybe, max. Right. Yeah. If you're walking slow. Right. 
Um, and you may also remember, this one's not as close. You may remember the sinkhole that opened back in February of 2014 down the road from us. And I say down the road, like it's like an hour away from here under the Corvette Museum in Bowling Yes. And it swallowed up like eight very expensive cars. Oh, and people still talk about it today. Well, they've actually turned the museum. There's actually a sinkhole exhibit yes where they actually they didn't restore some of the cars that's what i call steering into the skid (laughs) just go with it just go with it just go with it um but yeah people still talk about it because it was this crazy thing it literally was a sinkhole that opened inside of this museum in the middle of the night thank goodness nobody was in there nobody was hurt how mortifying would that have been I can't. I can just. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I just see the posters. Come see our expensive cars and big holes. <laughs> and then you get there, and the, the the cars are all banged up and down in these holes. And yeah, no. But they they filled in the hole. Yeah. But you know, so we're not. We're not. We're we're used to sinkholes. Like it's a common thing around yeah. here. Yeah. Um. You know, and they're formed by the underground water that erodes away at, like, the limestone and the sediment. Um, but it can also be formed whenever too much water is pumped out from an aquifer. And they're found all over the world, like, not just here. Like, mm. I always think of them, like, close by. Yeah. Because of Mammoth Cave. Yeah. But they're, pop- they're popping up all over the world. Some of them are, like, like thousands of years old, millions of years old, even. But some of them are recent, like the one in Chile that just opened up back a couple of months ago. Mm-mm. And that it was the one in Chile that kind of sent me down this rabbit hole of looking into sinkholes, like outside of Mammoth Cave, outside of our area. Um, and some of the mysteries that kind of surround some of these sinkholes. Oh, for sure. Like, there's some... Pits to the underworld. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I just wanted to kind of talk about just a few of these. I mean, there's tons of them, but I picked out some of, some of the more interesting ones. So, the first one, and again, we're sorry we mispronounce things on the show. We really do try. This one is the Darvaza Crater in Turkmenistan. Okay, I, I, it sounds familiar, but it's not. Explain. Okay. Just explain. So this one is actually, it, it's often referred to as the door to hell. I told you! Starting off strong. And the reason that it is referred to as the doors to hell or the gates to hell is because it has this fiery red hot lava that is, has been burning oh, for yeah. like, like they don't even know when it started. Mm-mm. Nope. And it gives off this really eerie glow at night. Like all the pictures, it's it's eerily beautiful because it's nice and dark and yeah. pretty. And then we have this eerie glow coming from the ground. And I just. I mean, I get it. Like these things are like scary, but there's also this beauty because it's the world doing what mm-hmm. the world does. So yeah. I get it. And this is not a small hole in the ground either. How big is this one? <coughs> So sorry. Allergies. Kentucky allergies. 
So this one, at a whopping 223 <laughs> feet wide. Nope. Now it's only 99 feet deep. Still too deep. <laughs> it's been spewing fire for decades. Um, and intriguing people around the world. Like, they, they really cannot figure out. Like, there's no true origin that has been recorded, um, around this sinkhole. However, it's thought that during the 1970s in the Soviet War, sorry, Soviet Union, that scientists actually set that crater on fire, trying to burn off toxic gases oh. after the ground under a drilling rig gave way. I have heard that before. That's why it sounds familiar. Yeah. <coughs> Which, you know, scientists just gotta, you know, set things on fire. I mean, why not? For the, and sake, for the sake of science, let's set this giant hole on fire and see what happens. So, yeah, so it's still burning and glowing today. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Okay, so the next one. This one is called the, oh, I'm gonna mispronounce this one too. Kinect Kehenum? Kehenum? We're going to call this the Heaven and Hell craters, or Heaven and Hell sinkholes. Oh, God. Okay, and I guess technically it's two different sinkholes. And they are found deep within Turkey's Taurus Mountains. Okay. Um, and they're, and they're actually, that's what the, the, ch the, can Chinit, Canit, and Chinum, that's what those names mean, is Heaven and Hell. Oh. Um, so we're going to call them heaven and hell. Okay. Okay. So they, they were both created by underground waters that kind of eroded away at the lime layers for years until it collapsed and emptied out the waters. Typical sinkhole. Right. Fashion. Nothing too crazy. But. <laughs> but. <laughs> so the hell crater, we'll start with the hell crater. The Hell Crater is around 420 feet deep. And this one, you'll like that. You'll like this. It's it's tied to Greek mythology. Okay. I'm on. I'm tracking. Okay. Apparently, or according to Greek mythology, the king of the gods, Zeus, temporarily imprisoned Typhon, a hundred-headed fire-breathing dragon, in the Hell sinkhole before taking him to Mount Etna. That Zeus was always a heifer. I, Zeus was always meddling in everything. He was. I, every single one ties back to Zeus did something. That heifer. <laughs> Anyways. So that's the that's the mythology around the hell sinkhole. Gotcha. Okay. Now the heaven sinkhole is actually a little bit deeper. It's 443 feet deep. Oh, God, no. And this one, it, it's not really tied, or at least I couldn't find any ties to like Greek mythology, but the main attraction at the Heaven sinkhole is this ruined 5th century monastery oh. dedicated to the Virgin Mary that sits at the entrance of the sinkhole. I don't even know where to start. I don't even, with, I, I couldn't find a lot of information on it. Or I didn't. So it's like sitting on the edge of the sinkhole? It just says to the entrance of it. Now, some of these sinkholes, they're not always like straight down. Right. Some of them are like on an angle. 
if that makes sense. Like, it's not always just a straight, deep drop down. I just would not want to build that close to a sinkhole. No. Like, the one picture I saw of it, it kind of, one, it wasn't a very good picture. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of looked like this little building in the middle of this vast, like, what looked like an indention into the ground. Mm, no, I'm yeah, out. Yeah, no, I'm out. That's okay. the start of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Peace out, y'all. Yeah. So that's Heaven and Hell in Turkey. Is it? Yeah, in Turkey. Yes. So then the next one that I found is Red Lake in Croatia. Okay. And I know it's called Red Lake. It's a lake that actually sits within a sinkhole. Oh. So like kind of like, you know, the Ta'al volcano in the Philippines. That's like, what like I was thinking. A lake inside of a <laughs> yes. volcano. That, yeah. Okay. Kind of like that. It's a lake inside of a sinkhole. And this one is intertwined with a terrifying myth. No. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So first off, this one, you want to take a guess how deep this one is? Is it deeper than the other one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're just going to go for shot in the dark. We're going to say 680 feet. 920 feet. It's 1,739 no. feet deep. Although, that's just a guess. I was going to say, who <laughs> is out here measuring this stuff? The actual depth of this is not actually known. That's great. I know. Yeah, they they have not found the bottom of this. Oh, God. So they're just estimating it at 1,739 feet deep. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's get into the, the, the myth that is attached to this one. Oh, Lord. So legend has it that there's a, there was a local rich man called Gavin and his family, and they were horrible people. I know. Shocker. I was going to say. They were horrible people, and they were absolutely obsessed with wealth and their possessions and their belongings. So an angel came down and visited them, disguised as a beggar, asking for money. And when his wife refused, little hussy, a violent tempest broke out, causing the ground to split open. And form two deep holes, one being the Red Lake, and apparently there's another lake nearby called the Blue Lake. And it swallowed up the family and everything they owned. Okay, this is low key giving me Beauty and the Be- Beauty and the Beast vibes. That was my first thought. Like I, I thought of the. All I'm saying is, you never know when the universe <laughs> is testing you, so like, don't even just be kind. Don't to play. Be kind to people. Help out beggars. I'm just saying. So, yeah. So, that's a myth that is tied to the Red Lake in Croatia. Okay. Is this family, they were terrible people, obsessed with wealth. And then, Angel said, mm-mm, <laughs> boom, hole in the ground. You and all your stuff is gone. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's a good lesson. Yes. It's a great lesson to teach. Be nice. To teach your kids the cake. Or you this might get sucked right into the pit of hell. Right. <laughs> God. Yeah. Okay, last last sinkhole to talk about. And this one was a recent discovery as well. Okay. It's not a new sinkhole. It's actually a very old sinkhole. But they just recently discovered it back in May of this year. 
Okay. In China. Oh, oh, I know where this is going. And I'm not even going to attempt the actual name of it, but they, it's, they have this term for it. It's like TM King, TM King, which is called, it, it translates to Heavenly Pit. And there's multiple Heavenly Pits in this area in South China. In fact, this one makes the 30th of these oh, wow. Heavenly Pits. Yeah. And uh, so earlier this year, there were some cave explorers, and they stumbled upon this this sinkhole that had a prehistoric forest at the bottom of it. Which just, oh, cold chills. And and this one, it, it, the depth that they found so far is 630 feet. Okay. And that's deep enough that you could take the Washington Monument and hide it inside of it and still have some room. Oh. Yeah. Dang. And there's some really cool pictures from this place where they actually went down into the sinkhole, mm-hmm. into the forest, and there's shots of them standing on the ground looking up at these trees, and then you see the, the opening of the sinkhole. Which, ugh. And it's, I mean, it's almost, I don't, to me, it gave, like, Avatar vibes. Yes. I know the photo you're talking about. At, like, it was just, it was cool and eerie and surreal. Yes. I mean, fascinating. Um, and the bottom of the pit, it, it spans nearly three football fields in length. Okay. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty chunky, pretty wide. Um, and they say that the trees down there, they're old trees. Yeah. That some of them are over a hundred feet high. I even saw one source that said that some of the trees might be like 150 foot tall. Okay. See, uh, this, when I saw this, I immediately thought of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea because uh-huh. that was one of my favorites. I don't know why. I guess I was that weird kid. I mean, I don't know. But it it gave me those vibes of, like, there's this world under our world mm-hmm. with these trees that are not... It's not like the sinkhole opened and some seeds fell in and then they grew. Right. Like, this has been... Yeah, it's and, been there. And they're saying that... They're speculating that in these in these pits, these, these prehistoric forests, that there's plant and animal species that have up to this point been unknown which is so freaking cool like i'm really excited to see what comes out over the next i don't know five to ten years oh for sure of new species because you know they come out every is it every year they come out with like a list of like new species that have been found or something like that i don't remember how often it is i'm not gonna lie that's that's one of my like i guess guilty pleasures is i love (laughs) looking through the pictures of these new species yes so I'm super excited to see what they find mm-hmm. in this prehistoric mm-hmm. forest. And kind of to your point, talking about, you know, there's a world underneath of ours. There's all of these other conspiracy theories, kind of like a world underneath our world. And again, we know the science behind sinkholes. We get it. But who doesn't love a good conspiracy theory? Love a good conspiracy theory, <laughs> especially on this show. It doesn't stop people from speculating, right? Absolutely we not. Have imaginations, right brain, left brain. 
So some people, some people think that these sinkholes, not all of them, but some of the sinkholes are created by meteors hitting the earth. And it causes okay. a hole that then fills with water. Yeah. That's one of the theories. Yeah. Which, I mean, that one, okay, I can kind of see that. That makes I can kind of get that, yeah. You know, scientific sense. Um, others believe that, that they are holes to the center of the earth. Uh, yes. So there's this whole, it plays into the whole hollow earth theory, which is a, another episode all of its own that we might do sometime. Um, but basically it's saying that where we live on the earth, like the outer crust, is literally just not even scratching the surface. Like just a crust. Just a crust. Like y- there's like little creme brulee of the world. <laughs> creme brulee. <laughs> and that there's actually holes to get into this earth, inside of the earth. And it's like a whole nother world. Again, 20,000 leagues under the sea. 20,000 leagues under the sea. Yeah. Or is it 20,000 leagues or journey to the center of the earth? I'm thinking journey to the center of the earth. Maybe. Either way. Either way. There's an earth inside of the earth. Like, it's not this molten core of lava, like, or magma. Um, but yeah, people think that there is a earth inside of the earth. Yeah. And they think that these sinkholes lead to it. Mm. So that's one of the more popular conspiracy theories. Um, so there's also sinkholes not just on land, but there's also some under, like, the oceans or in oh. lakes or yes oh my gosh i hate uh, these and in <coughs> some of them people believe that these sinkholes like in the ocean or under the water hold like these giant mythical creatures oh yeah kind of like people think that the megalodon lives in the mariana Trench. oh the megalodon is i know that's a whole definitely out there that's another episode too um i'm on the shark tracker oh i know i love the shark tracker they're out there right the Meg, it's out there. Anyways, giant mythical creature creatures. They think people think that they exist in these sinkholes, which hey, you know what? Maybe. Maybe. Those holes are big. We don't know what's down there. You're right. I don't know that I want to find out either. <laughs> and and last but not least, there are some people that well. I'm not saying it's aliens, but, but it's, it's aliens. aliens. And yeah, some people <laughs> believe that these holes are either created by aliens or aliens live in these craters. Yes. Or sinkholes. I keep saying craters. Sink I know what holes, you meant. Um, or that like the sinkholes are lead to their like underground <gasps> home base. Tiffany. It's what? the reptile people. It's the re- yes. If I go missing tonight or after this episode posts, you know why. They'll probably take me with you. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, I couldn't, I couldn't not bring up the aliens one. Of course not, because really, you can find that one all over the interwebs too. They blame everything for on aliens. Oh, I, I mean, it's great. So yeah, so sinkholes. But I don't know. The the one in Chile really freaks me out because it's a perfect hole. I'll tell you why they freak me out. Okay. Because you see so many videos of people doing mundane everyday things, right? There's just these they're oh, yeah. driving down the road and all of a sudden the universe says, You're done. 
and you get sucked into a hole. So like, like you don't smaller, know. It's yeah. a smaller scale, but it's still the same concept. Like you have no idea when it's just going to suck you in. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> just throwing this out there, we might have to label this episode. So the holes episode. <laughs> Just call it the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. I mean, mine was a hole in the mountain. Yours is literal hole into hell. And this is why we tell each other the topic that we're going to cover. Because we would absolutely come in with the same topic, same notes, same pictures, like everything. Oh, for sure. Like this one, ours even overlap this time a little bit with, you know, holes and in the ground. And yeah. Whatnot. There's so, there's a little overlap. So. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's all I got on sinkholes. Have fun going down that rabbit hole later, no, looking at I'll... all the things that live in these sinkholes. I would like to sleep this evening. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I think this has been a fun uh, reboot uh, for Relatably Weird. We thank you all for your patience. Yes. Um, also be watching our social media. Tiffany has designed us a super cool new logo. Um, it's going to be coming out on our merch. Um, on and I know Redbubble is like the main. Yeah, I'm looking at a couple of other options, but Redbubble is what we're going to stick with for now. It and looks really good on merch. Let me just tell you the stickers. I'm so excited. <laughs> I guess it's the little kid in me. I'm like, ooh, stickers. I can put it on things like my cup. Listen, my I get heartbroken when I run out of places for stickers and right. then I find something new and I'm like, I can get all the stickers and then I buy too many. Yes. So, yes. I, you know, I'm going to have some stickers. Like The stickers look really cool with this new logo. Yes. So we're going to get all of this uh, released out. Um, we're, I think, going to post some pictures from our episode today from our research. Oh, yeah. You got to see some of these things. Um, yeah. So just be watching our social media. Um, we are going to try to put out an episode, I think, every two weeks. Yeah, that's what we're going to shoot um, for. And hopefully no more life sabbaticals will Let's, happen. Yeah, because we've had, we've had our fair share of life over the past, what, five years? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. It's been fun. So yeah. So thank you all for your patience. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we will see you soon. All right, bye. bye.